Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Before you're seated, I want you to shake a few hands and tell them you did nothing. Then you can go ahead and be seated. I don't know where Daniel's at. Oh, okay, here we go. All right. Cool. How many like football? How many love football? Right? You guys like football, right? It's good. How many Raider fans we got? All right. I'm going to have an altar call right after service. All of you to be delivered from the black hole. Amen. Out of the darkness. Come on, you guys. Out of darkness. How many Niner fans do we have here? All right. Amen. We're rebuilding the walls. The enemy. We're, we're working on it. Amen. Uh, any cowboy fans? Any cowboys? No? All right. Let's check in. We got a Packer fan? One Packer fan? Wow. Yee. Sitting in the back. All right. Okay. Now, let's be honest. Everybody here is a fan. Nobody of you can actually throw a football and get paid for it. Nobody of you can actually run a football and get paid for it. I mean, you can run a football, but you won't get paid for it. You can go out there in the field and you can break a leg, literally break a leg. But all of us here, we're just fans. We talk a lot. We just don't walk a lot. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Now, you may think my cheering makes a difference. Your cheering makes no difference. It doesn't make a difference what they do on the field or what they don't. It's not a big deal. Not at all. But it makes us feel like it, right? I go, yeah, like my one high five to my friend made sure that he crossed the line and we scored the touchdown. It was my high five. <laughs> right? We're su superstitious like that, right? It's only weird if it doesn't work. <laughs> so, I want to see here how many of you can say, you know what? I'm not just a football fan. I got football skills. How many of you think you got skills? You've got football skills Raise your hand. You got skills. You got skills. Okay, we got, got a few here. They're in the back. All right. Okay. I'll, now, I want to try this because this happens a lot. A lot of people think girls got no skills. So I want a girl. You're raising your hand really high. Come on, come on over here. All right, come on up here. She's raising it real high. Give her a hand right now as she comes. Come on up here. Come on up on stage. Come on up on stage. All right. What is your name? Vanessa, where are you from? I'm from Oakland. Oakland. Uh, I just got to say, like, I don't know why I do that. Just... <laughs> Vanessa from Oakland. How old are you, Vanessa? I'm 16. 16 years old. You like playing football? Yeah, I just play with my nephews. You play with your nephews? Mm -hmm. Okay. So now, this is what I'm going to do, okay? I'm going to give you an opportunity right here in front of everybody to show your skills. You think you could do that? Okay. Now, what I want you to do, I want you to go ahead and take that tire, bring it over to the middle, bring it over to the middle, bring it to the center. Now, come on over here, Vanessa. Come on, Vanessa. Now, 
Come on down. Are you a Raider fan or a Niner fan? Raider fan. Okay. Don't, don't cheer too much. She hasn't done anything yet. Okay. Now, Vanessa, I'm going to give you this ball. And what I want you to do, I think you can do it. Let me, let me, can, can you show me a little shotgun? There you go. All right. There it is. Okay. I think you could do it. What I want you to do is I want you to take this ball from where you're standing. Don't run up there. Okay. From where you're standing. And I want you to throw it through that tire. You think you could do that? Okay, all right. Hope, hope. I think you could do it. I get, let, let, let me see your form. You got a form? You got a, you got a good form? Aaron Rodgers form? Okay, all right, there we go. Okay, let's see. All right, here we go. Go ahead. How many think she can make it through that tire? Well, how many think she can do it? How many of you don't think she can do it? <laughs> It's all right. You've got a higher percentage of people that think you can. Okay? okay. You think you got this? Okay, you, you got this though. All right? Okay, on the count of three, I want you to go ahead. All right, ready? Come on, Vanessa. One, two, three. Uh, almost. Almost. One more time. One more time. One more time. All right, here we go. What? I'm going to let you get a little closer right here. Okay. Right here. I, I think you can do it. I think you could do it. How many think she could do it? <laughs> See, all of you guys that thought she couldn't do it, you know, she hit the wall. Okay. I, I think you got this now. If you hit him, you hit him. It's extra 50 points, okay? okay. All right, get, get a little closer. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Come on up here, Vanessa. Come on, give, give her a hand. Give, throw, throw me the ball. Come on up here. Come on up here. That, that was pretty close, wasn't it? She did pretty good. She probably did better than what some of you guys thought, huh? Don't lie. She did. All right, Vanessa, here you go. Here's $100. That's for you. All right. Go ahead. You can make your way down. Now everybody wants to try now, huh? Before, listen, before she came up here, I had already determined I was going to give her the money. Whether she made the shot or not, didn't matter. Now some of us, a lot of times we've been taught, I have to make it in order to get it. But I want you to know something here this morning. You did nothing. You didn't have to do anything. God gave you salvation because he loves you. No reason. See, a lot of times that's how we think. Okay, I got to do this, then he'll give me that. But that's not what the Bible says. That's actually the complete opposite of it. I had already determined before I even called her, I knew I was going to give. I was going to give my money to somebody. See, you need to know this. Before you were even formed in the womb, God was already going to give you his love no matter what. He had already determined that he was going to give you his greatest feature, which is love. It was the greatest thing. And that's what you need to know here this morning is that you and I, we've done nothing. 
We have done nothing to earn his love or earn his affection or earn his salvation. My friend, I want you to know something here this morning that even Romans chapter 5, it makes that direct association of three things. Number one, God's love for us. Number two, Christ died for us. And number three, even in our, in, in our sinful state, while he died for us. A lot of times we think that, well, I got to get my life straight before God can love me. But can you imagine? I kind of rewrote this, this scripture a little bit. Imagine this. For God so loved the world that once I straightened out my behavior, he sent his begotten son. Right? I mean, that would kind of be like, wait, hold on one second. I thought it was for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he just gave it because he loved. See, listen to me. You, you need to understand something here this morning. God loves you not because you're lovable, but because he's loving you don't have to have this certain persona or, or certain acts or, or certain things to say, okay, now, now God will love me because I'm good now. I'm being a good person. No, he loved you even when you were a bad person. Even when you were in your bad moral state, God still loved you. And look, listen to this. He still loves you now. He still loves you now. Tell your neighbor, you did nothing. While we were sinners, the Bible says, he died for us. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 even tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Listen to me. All of us. All of us. This means that God's love that is mentioned in Romans chapter 5, that it isn't just for the good people. God's love is not just for the good people. The people that look like, oh, that, that's a good person. God loves them more. Oh, you could tell, oh, they didn't do anything in their life. God, God loves them even more. No, he loves you just the same. He loves you whether your marriage is perfect or whether your marriage is on the rocks. He loves you. It doesn't change his love. Don't think for a second, well, I, I'm kind of, I've fallen away. I, I, I pushed myself away, and therefore God can't love me anymore. No, my friend, God loves you still the same. It hasn't changed his love for you. I mean, Think about it. Ask yourself even the question, when did God start loving us? When did he start loving you? Was it when you really surrendered your life to Christ? Was it when you raised your hand and then you went forward and, and you said the prayer at the altar? You know, is it when you said that sinner's prayer? Or, or is it when you really begin to realize, I need to now be a good person? No, my friend, I want you to know something. God displayed his love towards you in that while you were a sinner, Christ died for you. Listen to me. The ungodly you, God still died for you. Listen, because Jesus died for sinners, we have nothing to boast about and in it of ourselves. Some may say, well, the Lord died for me because he saw I was doing my best and he knew I was trying hard, so he knew I had potential. No, Christ died to save us. Listen, not in our sins, but from our sins. God loved us even then. And this applies to us now as well. Though we may be even Christians saved by grace, we still fall short. Some would even argue that we're not technically referred to as sinners anymore, but really that's kind of a, a fine point. There's a good verse in Romans chapter 3, verse 3, and it says that those who sin, in this case the sin of unbelief, will not nullify the faithfulness of God. In other words, you can't make God stop loving you. You can't do anything to stop God's love. When I was 
younger, uh, I have two sisters. I don't know if my sister Val is here. Is she here? Okay, good. She's not here. I get to talk about her. That's cold. Uh, that's cold. I text her. I let her know. I have two younger sisters, and one is uh, four years apart from me, and my other sister Val, uh, the baby of the family, she's uh, six years apart from me. And so when we were younger, I was probably, I don't know, about maybe 12, 11, 12 years old. My sister Val, she was about six years old, and, and many times, I think Pastor Darrell remembers, we, we would, uh, uh, you know, they would take us to school, and they'd drive us to school, and I would go there to junior high, my sisters would go into first grade, second grade, and, but a lot of times, I don't know what it was, but my, my sister, my baby sister, she went through this phase, I don't know where it came from, why it came from, but she went through this phase called, nobody loves me. Now, if you've had children, you know what I'm talking about, or maybe some of you, you're still children yourselves. Nobody loves me for, I mean, for everything. And I mean for everything. She would get in the car first, and all of a sudden, we tell her, move over. <laughs> Nobody loves me. <laughs> we would go to the restaurant. You get the cup of water. Either I would take it or somebody else would take it. We get that water. Oh, my water. <laughs> Nobody loves me. Like the smallest things. Everybody hates me. Nobody loves me. And she went through this phase, and I just remember over and over, she would constantly say that, and she would constantly tell herself that. Many of you, no, I'm talking about a six-year-old, but many of you, even in whatever age that you might be, you still might be in that mental six-year-old state spiritually. Nobody loves me. They didn't shake my hand. The pastor didn't shake my hand. The leader, he didn't shake my hand. I saw that leader. She came right at me. She saw me and then walked away. They don't love me. I saw, I saw it. I saw it. I, I, I saw it. The problem is this. The fact is you did see it. But the problem is you saw it through the six-year-old spiritual eyes. It's true. It probably did happen. Maybe that leader did move this way, or that guy moved this way, or this girl did this, or that person did that. It's probably true. But what you need to understand something is that you and I, were humans. We make human being mistakes. We're beings. We try to be the best that we can. I want to be a good father. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a loving man. I want to be a, a loving person. I want to be, but sometimes I'm not always that person. For whatever reason, as a human being, I'll fall short. I make mistakes. So a lot of times what we do, maybe you haven't done this, but I have, I will make equivalent your affection or my wife's affection or my mom's affection for God's affection. And we think, oh, see, they were talking about me, therefore God's going to talk about me. No. You need to understand something. God loves you. No matter if you're awake or if you're asleep. And I'm even talking spiritually. God still loves you. No matter your circumstance, no matter your background, no matter what you've done, God still loves you. He loves you no matter what. So you can have yourself a pity party. Oh, everybody hates me. Nobody loves me. But I want you to know something. God's still there with open arms saying, I love you. 
I got a plan for you. I got a purpose for you. If you will just open up your arms as wide as mine and let's embrace each other and let's see the future that I have for you. God loves you, my friend. Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. Now, what's important to understand is that you and I as Christians, we, that, that many times we are not morally superior to non-Christians. A lot, of, a lot of times, a lot of people think it's easy to think of believers as the good people, but that's just even not the case. In fact, it is because that you and I are so morally bankrupt that I follow Christ. My failures have shown me that I am in need of a Savior. So as Christians, it's not we're the good people and those are the bad people. No, 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 no. All of us have fallen short people. Listen to me. All of us are spiritual small people. Every single one of us. We are all in need of a Savior. Now what's very important though is that a lot of times we tend to think of God in a goodness sake kind of way. Now you're probably saying, well, what do you mean? When we were growing up, and even to this day, we sing these songs, you better watch out, you better not pout, you better not cry, or something like that. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good, so. And so a lot of us think of God as Santa Claus. If I'm good, I get a gift. If I'm bad, I'm on the naughty list. But I want you to know something. God has never and never will be Santa Claus. Not Santa Claus. So he's not going to take back what he has already given you. It's yours. Salvation, it's, it's yours. Now, you got to work it out, but that's yours. That's your salvation. That's the love that he has for you. It's just, it's a personal love. So don't think of God as a Santa Claus where I got to be good for goodness sake and as I'm good and, and I'm doing good and therefore God loves me. No, he loves you even when you're doing bad. Even when you're on the naughty list. God still loves you. Matter of fact, he still gives you gifts. You, you can read all throughout the scriptures. There's so many parables that talk about different ones from the, the sower and the harvester, right? And, the, and they talk about him. And one, uh, one master, he comes and he hires somebody at 9 a.m. He uh, hires somebody else at 12 p.m., another person at 3 p.m., but he gives them all the same wages. Well, well, well that's not fair. It's because God can do what he wants. He can do whatever he wants. He loves you. So listen to me. I've been saved now for going on 20 years of my life. 20 years I've been saved. Some of you, you may have just gotten saved for 20 days. God loves you just the same. Loves you just the same. Hasn't changed. Nothing has changed. God doesn't love me more because I stand behind a pulpit and I speak the word of God. He doesn't love me more. Matter of fact, he loves us the same. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome to know that God loves us the same, that I don't have to do anything to earn his love. Man, that, that just, to me, boggles my mind. And I say that, that it boggles my mind is because as a father, it, it's kind of hard for me to do that because as a father, I always tell him, better behave or else I'm not taking you to Chuck E. Cheese. You're not going to get ice cream, right? Because you got to be good. 
And so a lot of times I'll do the same thing with God to me. Like, okay, God, I wasn't good, so you're not going to give me anything. You know what I found is that God still gives me stuff. Even when I'm like, wait a second, but I wasn't even good. I wasn't even, I wasn't even dwelling on your precepts, God. Like, I wasn't doing what I, what I know that I should, but yet you still love me? That's just mind-blowing. But you know what I have found? And I learned this from my pastor. Always leave room for God to blow your mind. Always leave room. Always leave room for God to blow your mind. And when you begin to embrace the love of God, it'll blow your mind. The things that you think, well, God, God would never forgive me. No, he does. God, God no, he's, okay, he's not going to change me now. He'll, he'll let me come to church, but he won't let me. No, no, he's still going to help you. He's still going to be there for you. Matter of fact, he sent the comforter for you. The Holy Spirit, he's there in your house. He's there in your workplace. He's there in your car. He's there when you're shopping. He's there when you're just sitting there doing nothing. God loves you. Tell your neighbor, God loves you. There's a story in the Bible, and this is where I close. I told you it wasn't going to be that long. I, that I love, I love this story of the prodigal son. And it's pro on your own time, I want to challenge you. Matter of fact, if you get Bible study tonight, look it up, read it. It's a great, great story. I mean, just from that, this prodigal son that you'll find in Luke chapter 15, just that alone, I think I have like five messages just on this alone, and there's probably more. But, I mean, just a phenomenal story of a man who comes, or should I say a son who comes back to his father. But you know what I love? This is what I love. The father tells the people. He doesn't just tell his son. He tells the people. He says, let's celebrate. Let's do all this. My, my son, he's come back. But this is what I love. In the scripture, this is what it says. It says, my son who was dead is now alive. Now, wait, wait, hold on one second. Dead? He didn't die, did he? Did he do a Lazarus? Like, no. What he was talking about, he says, listen, my son who was spiritually gone, who, was, who had spiritually stopped breathing, the one who was dead to even the family that even, he even cut himself off, that one, this is what I love. He says, my son who was dead is now alive. Listen to me. My father used to always say this. As long as you're breathing, there's hope. So for those of you here this morning and say, well, God can't fix me. You, you don't know what I've been through. I mean, like, like, I come to church. I'm a good person, but, man, my wife or my husband or my kids or my boss, like, I'm, I'm on the brink of, like, killing somebody every day, man. I just, that's how I feel. Now, I'm not going to do it, but that's how I feel. That's what happened with the prodigal son. That's how he felt. Like, I'm gone. But the dad said, no. You felt like that, but I want you to know something. You're alive right now. So for those of you here this morning that you might have felt spiritually dead, spiritually gone, whether it's in your finances, in your marriage, at your job, maybe personal that even your spouse doesn't know about, whatever it might be, I want you to know something. God is there waiting with open arms saying, welcome home. I'm glad you came. Matter of fact, let's celebrate. Oh, I love that. Can you, like, think of it like this. The Raiders or the Niners, pick your team, whichever you want. Every year, they just do horrible. They don't win nothing. They go 0 and 16. 
Detroit Lions style. <laughs> Football fans know what I'm talking about. They just don't win nothing. But at the end of the season, they have a party bigger than the Super Bowl. Like, you're like, wait, 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 but they didn't earn it. Why are you throwing them a party? They're losers. God says, no, 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 no. See, you, you're not understanding. Everything in my kingdom is flipped upside down. In losing your life, you gain it. You want to be the greatest? Learn to be the least. You want to have life? You got to first experience death. For those who are now dead are alive in Christ. Some of you here this morning, you got to understand something. That even though you might have felt dead, God still says, hey, I'm going to breathe life into you. There's something powerful I got for you. I got a love that surpasses any and everyone that you can ever try to experience with your hands, that you can ever try to experience from anyone else. I've got something great for you. While you were in sin, I died for you. Can you imagine that? While you were out there, some of you, I want you to think right now. I'm going to just give you a few moments. Think about where you were at when you were in sin. What were you doing? Now, right away, some of you, when I say sin, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're like, oh, yeah, oh, ooh. Oh, uh. I mean, right away, like your, your faces are turning, your wheels are turning. Like, oh, yeah, that was bad. I mean, even to you, that was bad. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, that was bad. But now, there might be some of you, like me, you have to think a little bit harder to compare myself or my sin to everyone else's sin. Because when I look at it and I think it and I hear other what we would call testimonies, I look at it and go, well, Pastor Darrell, man, he was bad. Like, that was horrible. Like, that was actually really, really, he's, yeah, that was bad. That was, like, I don't even know how he's alive. That's, that's how bad it is. He told me his testimony. He's pretty heavy. And I was like, yeah, he should be dead. He really should be dead. If you've never heard his testimony, he came into the church with his ankle hanging. It was bad. It was really bad. It was very, very bad, his whole thing, his arm. You should, if you get a chance, look at his arm. It's all, like, we call them Popeye arms, but it had a, like somebody wanted to kill Popeye. Like, you could see it. Like, it's bad. So when I compare myself, for those of you like me, I compare myself to guys like him. I go, well, I wasn't that bad. The problem is this. All sins is the same sin. Every sin, listen to me, sin will send you to hell. Any sin will send you to hell. Lying will send you to hell. Did you know that? Read it for yourself. Revelations, I believe it is. Being a coward will send you to hell. So for those of you see that you were like me, like I didn't do this, I didn't do that. Yeah, see, you're thinking about doing, but we're not human doings, we're human beings. You had always been a sinner. And until you fully understand it, you can't fully embrace the love of God. When I understood that, and I went, oh, man, I was messed up. Man, I, was, I was probably worse than you because I was self-righteous. I was self-thinking, self-promoting, everything self, 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 all myself, all about self. And then I realized, man, God still loved me for who I thought I was? Wow. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Listen to me. While you were a sinner, Christ died for you. 
No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, or no matter who you've been, God died for you. It's as simple as that. I want you to know something. The girl that came up here, she threw the football. Ah, I didn't make it. I lost. I want you to know something. Some of you walked into these doors, and you've been throwing as much as you can. You've been trying to do this, and you've been trying to go here, and you've been trying to be a good person, and you've tried to, well, I stopped doing this, and I stopped doing that, and I, therefore God will love me. No, my friend, you can do as much as you want, but it doesn't change the love of God for you. Matter of fact, you can stop throwing. Just stop. Just stop. And just say, okay, God, love me for who I am. This is what I've learned. When I come to church, I remember the first time I came to church, and this happened to me. It was funny. I was a young kid, and there was a TV show that came out back then. It was a cool TV show, and you'd walk in, and everybody say your name, and they go, Norm. And I remember I walked into church one time. I was young, like 14, 15 years old, and everyone goes, Stevon. And you walk, you know, you walk in, especially from a bad day, you're like, up <laughs> in that show the song would say sometimes you want to go where everybody what salvation is is this salvation is being fully known and fully accepted that's what it is you need to know this here this morning. See, some of us, we try to hide. So you can hide things from me. Not a problem. You can shake my hand. How you doing? Great, pastor. All right. But when you get to know somebody, we think, I can't tell them this. I can't divulge this because once they really know me, they won't like me. If they really knew me for who I was, they would see that I'm a fake and I'm a fraud. And so we think, I, 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 can't, I can't do that. I just got to do, do just enough for them to love me. But I want you to know something here this morning. God knows you better than you know yourself. Now that you know that, listen, he still loves you. He still loves you. I know it's good to come to church, and we want to be known, and we'd love to be accepted. Oh, it feel, it, I'm not going to lie. It feels good. We shake somebody. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, hey, you look good. Oh, great. That's a great time. That's a great job. Oh, thanks, man. I love all oh, your kids. They're so awesome. Oh, thanks, man. And we feel good when people encourage us, and we're like, yes. But when we're doing bad, we want to stay as far away as possible. When we're doing good, I want everybody to know when we're doing bad. Uh, don't call me. Don't text me. Don't look at me. Don't Facebook me. Don't Instagram me. Don't do nothing to me. Because we want to stay away. Listen to me. When you embrace God's love, you don't have this staying away. Okay, I'm good. I'll come together. Now I'm doing bad. I'll stay away. When you embrace God's love, you stay in his presence. So it doesn't matter where you go. No matter where you go. No matter your situation. No matter your background. While you were a sinner, Christ died for you. You didn't have to do anything for it. You don't have to throw a ball through a hoop. I'm saved. 
You don't have to say, okay, I have to say the prayer, and I got to, no, no, I got to, you know, Hail Mary. For, okay, if I say it three times, no, no. I didn't, did I say it four times or five times? I don't even know. How many, wait, should I sit down? Should I stand up? Should I, did I do this? Should I do that? Even earlier, when, for those of you that were visiting, and I told you, you don't have to give. Listen, you don't have to put any money in the bucket. You don't have to do that. What I do is I just worship God, and I try to express whatever I can. When the bucket goes by, I put something in it because it's my expression of the embrace of being fully known and being fully accepted. That's it. So I want to challenge some of you here this morning that you have been in a certain state where you're like, well, I'm good, I'll come to church. I'm bad, don't call me. Listen to me. Even before you were bad or good, before you were called, God knew you and God accepted you. God loved you just the way that you were. You don't have to do anything. As they come to the piano, many times people will come and they'll ask me, they'll say, well, pastor, when I come to church, do I have to dress like you? Do I have to do, I have to do that? I, you know, I don't like wearing ties or that's not me. Do I have to wear a dress? You know, that's not, that's not really me. I like jeans. Listen to me. You don't have to dress a certain way to be accepted into Christ's love, and therefore you don't have to dress a certain way to be accepted into this church. Dress however you want. I, I, to be honest, I really, I don't care. Now, wear clothes, that's a good idea. <laughs> it works, wear clothes. But what you wear, doesn't matter. People always, they always ask me all the time, well, do I have to? No, you don't have to. You don't have to wear a tie. I've just chosen to wear a tie. This is me personal. It's a personal thing. I just, I like wearing ties. Don't blame me because I look better than Clark Gable. My wife loves old movies, so I did that for her. Frankly, my dear, I do care. <laughs> so that, that's the only reason why. It has nothing to do with what you have to do. Listen to me. This, this is real important to me. Because a lot of times, a lot of people, they do this. I, if I go to church, I have to do that. I have to, like, who told you that? You don't have to. You don't have to. Listen to me. I come to church and God changed my want to's. That's it. I just, I want to. I want to carry a Bible. I don't have to. Like, oh, yeah, you have to carry a Bible. You don't have to. I just, I want to. I like my Bible. That's all. I like spreading the gospel. It's something I like to do. It's just, I want to do it. So when I come to church on Sundays and you see me wear, oh, he's a pastor, he has to. No, I don't. I don't have to. Matter of fact, one of these days, I'll just show up in jeans just for the heck of it. The pastor, is I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit will move in jeans too. I, mean, I don't know. You know. Whoa. Might shock you, but no, it's fine. It's cool. I just, I, I, I do this because I love God and I want to look good for God. Even this morning, a lot of times when I get ready every morning, I will ask my wife, hey, what do you think? Do you like, you like this? I'm like, nah, I'll try this. Okay, all right, you know, I'll move stuff around because I want to look good for her. I'm her husband. I want to do that. She'll do the same thing. Hey, what do you think, babe? Yeah, I like that. I'll try it. Oh, yeah, that's good. And, you know, all right, because we have this, this, this thing where it's called we know each other, fully known and fully accepted. I know my wife. She knows me. When I come to church, it's because I know Christ, and he knows me. 
So I dress because, hey, God, what do you, is it cool? Is it cool? Not cool? All right. If you don't like it, I'll take it right on. Like, it's not a big deal. So for those of you that come with expectations of what you have to do to accept God's love or be accepted by his love, I should say, I want you to know right now, you don't have to. Not at all. God loves you even in your state, good or bad. He loves you even if it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. What matters is that you come and say, God, I, I, I just accept me for who I am, God. And wanna, I want to accept you for who you are. You died for me, a sinner, saved by grace. God, help me to embrace that grace and embrace that love like never before. I want to be a new creation in you. Put the old behind and grab a hold of what you've given me now. Stand with me here this morning. Can you bow your heads with me? Bow your heads with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that God wants to do something supernatural within many of our lives here this morning. With every bow and every eye closed. And you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what, I, I just, I need to embrace God's love. I don't want to embrace the church's love. Now listen to me. You, you could separate it right now. Separate the pastor's love. Separate the church's love. Separate your leader's love. Se separate it all. Just go ahead. Go for it right now. This is the time to do that. There are other messages where I preach about we need to come together. But right now, if you want to separate it, go ahead and separate it. Because what I want you to do is I want you to embrace and accept God's love for who he is in your life. Not your wife's love, not your husband's love, not your children's love, but God's love. God's love is unconditional. God's love. Mm, God's love. With every head bowed and every eye closed. And there's some of you here this morning. You want to accept God's love in the form of salvation. You're not saved. You've been coming to church, but you're not saved. Or maybe you're in a backslidden state and you're saying, you know what? I don't want to be like that anymore. I want to be, I don't want to be a coward, but I want to be courageous. I know I didn't talk about that point, but you know what it is. And for those of you here this morning say, you know what? I want to accept and embrace God's love. With every head bowed and every eye closed. And you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And make him Lord of your life. Number one in your life. With nobody looking around. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And you say, today is my day. On the count of three, I want you to just slip up your hand and then quickly put it down. If that's you here this morning, you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. From the top to the bottom, the left to the right. On the count of three. One, if that's you here today. Two, this is your opportunity. Three, raise your hand. Raise your hand real high. Raise it real high. Hallelujah. So many hands, so many hands. Go ahead and put it down. Anybody else? You want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Quickly lift up your hand and then quickly put it down. If you haven't already, just slip, slip it up and then put it, put it right back down. From all over this place, simply lift up your hand and then quickly put it down.